Hi, this is John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and this is the Midwest Monsters Podcast. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm sorry. I picked this topic. I love this movie. That's a scary movie. It's a scary movie. And it still affects me just the same. I cannot put that on. I gotta tell you, something about this movie worked for me. I was like, it rocked. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's debatable. But, I mean, it's a great movie. That, you know, it's my right as a viewer, as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films, to have my opinions and be disappointed. But that's what I love about about this group doing this podcast right now is that on so many pages we're like right there with each other. But then I mean it, it's it's almost inevitable that uh, you know half the time we're going to go you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. I'm sorry about that. Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast. And now here are your hosts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, joined by uh, Mad Chan. Professor Wagstaff. Hey, good and, to and be Mad Chan. with you here again, friends. We've got a, another, uh, well, we like to call them roundtables. Uh, we're doing a roundtable this evening. We've done some in the past. Uh, horror comedy was one that yes. we had done. Uh, werewolves, uh, that's a way back one, probably one of the first ones we did. And we did both of those with Vinny. Weird, yeah. Yeah, and Vinny yeah. couldn't be here tonight. Yeah, absolutely. We invited Vinny and, and Brian to be on the show tonight. They we wanted come. to have a good episode, so we just didn't invite Vinny at all. We they, were just like... they are at Trans World, which is a transgender convention, and they're checking that out. It's in St. Louis. Invo- enjoy your peenies and chinies, boys! <laughs> oh, goodness. So, uh, <laughs> tonight's roundtable discussion... Is about a subject that is not near and dear to our hearts. It's about vampires. Penis I get and it to your hearts. I get it. Hearts. Ah. Get it. You really hit a stake in ah. that. <laughs> I have no stake in this show whatsoever. Oh. Welcome to the Midwest Monsters comedy show. So, vampires. Uh, guys, let's go around here and just tell me where do vampires rank on your list, whether movies or lore-wise, like, how do you feel about vampires, uh, Professor? It's hard to describe. Like, towards the bottom, like, in terms of genres? Yeah. But I, there's there's things about it I like so much, and particular movies, you know what I mean? But, like, if I'm thinking of just a string of movies to watch, I'm going to get excited about being like, man, I'm going to watch some werewolf movies this week. There's never a time where I'm like, man... I really want to watch a lot of vampire movies this week, mm-hmm. but yet there's there's been so many made, and I enjoy so many of them. <clears throat> but in terms of personal preference, it's not towards the top of my list by any means. I typically find, and we'll go more into the the lore of it, but how to deal with vampires and our characters and how they go about doing that more the entertaining parts of the films than I do the vampires. Yeah. Yeah, Mad Chan, vampires. Um, I don't really feel one way or the other about vampires. Okay. Like I, I like vampire movies. I like vampire lore. I they're not my favorite, but they're they're not something I avoid. Could you say they suck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um I wouldn't Sorry. at all. Because Sorry. vampires are awesome. 
No, but no, they're I really. I don't feel one way or the other about them. I mean, I like certain vampire movies. I don't think the vampire is. It's it's not one of my favorite creatures at all. There's things I like about them. There's things I like about the lore. There's things I think are dumb. And there's things that when people start messing with the storylines that have already been set in stone, then I, that makes me like them even less. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because I don't know. I There, there becomes a certain way that you like things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the predator is this creature, this being that, you know, it's, it's this creature, this being it has, it hunts, it's, it stalks its prey. It's got this night vision. It's got a look to it. It's it's a certain kind of being. It's the same way with certain aliens. But and vampires are the same way. But once you start messing with that, and you're just like, oh, now the predator can fly. Or tremors. You know, now the tremors are little the grabnoids are little things that walk on two feet and they're above land. Or once you start messing with the lore of things, they become less intriguing. You know? And so yeah, I agree. I, Especially with something like this that plays so much on like high drama, yeah, into the storylines, and you mess with kind of the tried and true rules of right, vampire right. movies. It, yeah, it can be a big turnoff. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. It's like we just we are now ending. We've ended and su- we've successfully ended. Let's say successfully ended the vampire reign mm-hmm. right now. You know, because Twilight had the brought the being, the yeah. mainstream vampire reign. And we've ended that and moved on to zombies with the popularity of The Walking Dead, where we are currently. And all the things that happened during that vampire reign just kind of took the rest of the love of vampires away from me. That's why I only feel so-so about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. Like, I I want to, like, joke and say that I hate vampire movies, but you give me five vampire movies that I love. And they're five of my favorite horror movies. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. When they're yeah. good, they're good. Right. And that's the difficulty. Like, I just want to write off vampires because they've become so cliche over yeah, time. Yeah. But I'm like, man, but there are some movies that are just top notch. Yeah. I mean, they're just top notch. And when the lore is done well, just like, I mean, I just, yeah, I really echo everything you guys say because it was just like, there's just, when they're good, they're good. But when they're bad, they're awful okay well let's start there because you just brought up something so let's start exactly there how do you like your vampires Hmm. like what lore is the what things make up the lore that is appealing to you so i'll I'll, to give an to give a eternal vampires are eternal yeah if otherwise unless otherwise killed by a certain predicament vampires live forever yeah okay that's one thing I like. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy the fact, and I don't like new vampires. I don't like uh, Edward Cullen or whatever. You know, like, even though he was around whenever, I like old vampire stories. When it's like, I've been walking the earth for 400 years. Or in some cases, I've been walking the earth since Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on what movie you watch, people with dark history to them. I was, I was Vlad the Impaler. I was this. But vampires with history, I really like. Yeah, Agreed. And yeah. like I, I think that is fascinating. A, a man who's not only been around, it doesn't even matter what he is, you know, a killer or feeding on people. It's the allure of he is walking history to me. Mm-hmm. Like he's got, he's seen more things than I'll ever know in my life. He's forgotten more things than I'll ever see. Yeah. You know, and that's the, I, I, I think that's really mysterious and I like that. So what's something that you like, Chris? To build upon that, yeah. I think, I think it takes that. And you throw that in with the ability to only come out at night. I like a vampire that is not only 
old, like you say, but also one that is, is bound by darkness, that can't come out during the daylight. And I think that's what adds to what makes a good vampire story is when your vampire is not just emo, but they truly are a tortured soul. Mm -hmm. Exactly. They have seen the people they love live and die repeatedly. Exactly. And they can't ever see the sunlight, which as humans, you need sunlight. Like that's what gives you like that raises your serotonin levels. Right. You know, we talk about seasonal depression because the days are shorter, you know, things like that. And so like, I think that that's a great combination for um, why what makes a good vampire story to be truly a tortured soul. Because everybody, there's this joke in the church: everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. And I think that's the catch: we all want to live forever, but the vampire story turns that on its head, right? And shows you that living forever is not what it's cracked right. up to be. And Every, I, everything you learn to love and know goes away, and you don't, you know, and you're there. Yeah. Exactly. We over take, and over and over. Because we take this, uh, we take this approach in pop culture, like Tuck Everlasting. Is that that's a good example of what we're talking about? Like it's a, it's a story about a kid who finds a fountain of youth type thing, a family actually who finds this fountain of youth type thing, and they drink from it and they live forever. Hmm. And the little girl falls in love with the boy, and then she wants to be forever with him. Right? That's the that's the light side approach to it. It's his whole family. Right. And drink from this well or drank from this water. So they're all gonna be together forever. Right. But in the vampire stories, like you said, it's it's they fall in love. Because it seems like vampires <laughs> we're not the not the Edward Cullen type. And I I'm gonna keep prefacing that. But vampires seem to be the ones who aren't just pure evil, the epitome of pure evil. Vampires love hard and deep and lose fast. And they're tortured souls, like you say, because they've done that so many times. That they can't, they don't want to do it again. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. So, what's something that you enjoy, Professor? Uh, well, just to build off of what you guys were saying first, I I completely agree. I think that giving such depth to the background, like it's great for storytelling. Something like Interview with a Vampire or True Blood, where you listen to them and talk about their experiences with things centuries ago, you're instantly more engaged. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the character. Um, with what you're talking about with tortured souls too, something that I've always found interesting was before, uh, we as a culture dealt with addiction and, and some of those things, this story was written. I mean, there were certainly things going on, but not to the, the levels that we are now. Right. And so while it's not parallel in the experience of what we see in a vampire story, the tortured soul to some extent has some of those similarities. You know, once you basically will just say as for lack of better terms are hooked, into being a vampire you're now alienated from society you're living in the shadows in the evening right you know what i mean and you are miserable yet you go on every day hurting others to survive right um and so there's i think there's some interesting parallels there with with a tortured soul uh, that goes along with vampire stories um and you know just one last thing with those items is i think part of the reason it ranks towards the bottom for us is because for me vampire movies are not horror driven they're drama driven with a horror element to it and i think that's why uh you know true hardcore horror fans usually find vampire movies somewhere on the outskirts like that it's like yeah there's plenty that are super effective that i enjoy but that's why i don't think of that towards the top because i mean they rely so heavily on you know romance and relationships and and just 
things of, of, of a dramatic nature that it's not so much just in your face horror and trying to scare you the entire film. Now there's certainly some of that, <clears throat> excuse me, in there, which is why we're talking about it. But I think that that's part of the reason it kind of distances itself in that. Um, Another thing that I love uh, with vampire films um, is the, and it kind of ties back to what I was just saying with hurting others is the weakness of the immediate return of somebody. It's, it's like a variation of a ghost story, Mm -hmm. except where we're dealing in a much more hands-on real way. I mean, they're, they're back in the flesh, you know, before our characters learn what a vampire is and what they're dealing with It's chilling. And, And throughout cinema, I mean, that's whether it's been the part of Bram Stoker's Dracula or other tales that people have come up with for film, that's very frequent where we have somebody who is vulnerable to somebody who has returned. Yeah. And it's playing a lot on, you know, what we enjoy about a good ghost story, which I think is a huge part in the success of vampire movies being effective horror movies. Mm-hmm. So that's that's definitely something I like. And, you know, like I said earlier, I love the rules on how to deal with it. That's fascinating me since I was a kid. Yeah. With you know stuff with seeing reflection, uh, how to kill it with with, with stakes when they're asleep, right? But so, but yeah, the the handling of vampires is probably my favorite aspect of the films. Before we get into that, let's uh, let's go a little bit. I like what you said about. I like or oh man, the point she okay. So you just made a point about the depth and how they are, and that's fascinating. You're talking about how to handle vampires. It's the vampire is supposed to be, and I, I made a joke just a few minutes ago about the vampires, the apex predator. But vampires are so vulnerable. The one way you kill them, like you're talking about, is you kill them with a stake through the heart, or you kill them with sunlight. You kill them with with the, they're so it's so e- they're so easily killed. Yeah, every single but, night they lay down and say, "I guess I'm available to be hurt." Good you night. know, like they're so <laughs> they're so vulnerable. Don't mess with me. But like you're talking about, you know, the immediate return, like the comeback. You know, like they switch over. Um, the way vampires are handled throughout storytelling is, I think it's one of the reasons why we either love or don't love them. Like he was talking about, it's like vampires don't rank up there high for people because if you watch Interview with a Vampire, it's not a horror movie. Mm-mm. At the ba- and even at the heart of it, like as much as you want it to be, it's horror elements, but it's yeah, not yeah, a horror yeah. Movie. It's it's yeah. It, the the it's, yeah. It'll forever be categorized as a horror movie, but no. Yeah, Interview with have... the Vampire is the farthest thing from yeah. it's a it's a dramatized piece. It's a story driven piece about the emotions of one person. That if we told that story with no no fangs, uh, uh, two men that were going to live forever. Who and one of them wanted to take on a daughter, a, a young companion. You see what I'm saying? Like when we watched it the other night, it was it's literally they had a baby to raise, they had a baby to save a marriage. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's all those elements of a drama of a long drawn out drama. And then he eventually leaves one partner for another partner. Like Brad Pitt leaves Lestat and then she dies, and then he goes to the the other character, the Antonio Banderas character. It's it's all those elements, man. It's a huge drama. For and they're vulnerable characters, and I think that's in the horror community. We're just like, oh, vampires, because some vampire movies are dope. But other other than that, we're like, vampires are just they're sissies, man. I don't want to say that, no, because I don't mean it that way. But I mean, because some the, vampires, it's, it's for the soft goth kids. No, but it's <laughs> it's it really is, and I can see why so easily we turn that into a teenage girl fantasy, right? Into a romance novel. We take 
I can see why that happened, man. Mm -hmm. Because of that, just that. It's like, you wouldn't do that with a werewolf. Like a honest to God, once a month, turn it, you know, full moon, turn into a beast, kill everything in my path, werewolf. You're not going to find love with this thing. Yeah. Well, I think so, that's a, a good example, too, to kind of reference back to that in terms of, of ha the balance of it, because you're right. The majority of that film is drama, but you throw in a scene like Tom Cruise popping up in the back of that car saying, I think you know be my name. That's it. I don't yeah. need an introduction. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, that's, that's scary. That, oh, yeah. and, and that's horror. But the majority of that movie is drama. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a handful of scenes in that where it's just enough. Where, like, what's wrong with her? Oh, she's dying. <laughs> right. You listen to her struggling on the floor. Like, there, there's plenty of stuff in there buried alive. I mean, there's just enough elements, but it's a drama yeah. vehicle. So, I, yeah, that's a great example to really reference on that that kind of shows the proportions uh, of why we're talking about, you know, that with vampire films. So real quick, um, let's talk about killing a vampire real quick. Cause we yeah. talked about how vulnerable they are. Right. So let's just, let's move the, to there real quick. And then I got some other bullshit that we have to just knock oh, out yeah. apart. Oh yeah. Um, so you kill a vampire. The way I understand that you kill a vampire is with sunlight or a stake through the heart. Those are your most two traditional, methods. two traditional methods. Now other things harm vampires. Um, Holy water mm -hmm. and crosses. Yep. And in some cases, silver. Yes. Depending. Right? Okay, and, so let's go into the... Okay, and one ahead. more, wrought yeah. iron. Some stories say... Ah, see, I don't, I don't even know that one, so go yeah, ahead. Yeah, they can't... They're, they're not allowed that You can either hurt them with wrought iron or they can't pass wrought iron. Is like, that why the gates of... The gates of... Uh, old cemeteries were made out of wrought iron some of that yeah I, and okay. I think probably some of that lore was like probably backwards like oh don't worry the vampires if they are they can't get out of there because it's garlic right yeah. oh there you go that's a good one garlic because i know in one. some countries like people we've heard people talk about this in some countries that one doesn't when, seem as common as you kind of think well of in some what i was getting at is like uh in some uh some countries when they bury people they they throw cloves they throw uh rings of garlic on top of the casket so that so that the evil beings, yeah, if, they, if they are that, they can't come out. One more that also goes along with that, decapitation. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Some some more, yeah that's a good and, one. and furthermore, some in some of those cultures you were just talking about, if they buried someone who was suspected to be a vampire, they would decapitate them and stuff their mouth full of garlic. Oh, okay. So see, and that makes sense to me. So those are ways that we, that's how you kill a vampire. Vampires are fucking, how do you kill a werewolf? Silver bullet. Only one way to kill a werewolf. I know it's a movie line from a movie. Only one way to kill a werewolf. Told you. Only one way to kill a werewolf. We just said sunlight, crosses, silver, stake through the heart. Like there are all these ways to kill these things that are these vulnerable apex predators. That I keep bringing that up because every few stories says that the vampire is the apex predator. It's the most. It's the most prolific, prolific killer or whatever. Prolific. And it's like whatever. They're not. They are so vulnerable. Well, I think part of the key for that is, though, and the reason they're living for centuries is because they're undetected. Exactly. They're yeah. in areas, a lot of times, in stories where there's plenty of people. Um, and, you know, they kill people and they move on. Right. They continue to live and move around. Um, so I think that's that's part of what makes them so dangerous is that by the time you're dealing with them, you don't, you didn't know about it. Right. So what's your favorite old school rules then regarding vampires? God just told you mine. I, I believe stake through the heart. I like the old stake through the heart. You know what I'm saying? Stake through the so, heart and sunlight. It's like you either have to get them outside or you have to, you have to stake them yourself to get rid of them. I like both those. My, 
Snake Through the Heart's my favorite. Yeah. You know, cinematically. Right. Because there's something about sneaking up on the monster and while housing, it's sleeping. the coffin. And, yeah, it's just in the act of it. I mean, even going back to, like, Lugosi's Dracula, that's a pretty gruesome finale where you just hear the kind of gasp when he hits it in. I mean, it's, you know, I, I like that. I think that that's great for, you know, watching a movie is kind of sneaking up on the monster. The the sunlight is great, too, but yeah. I love the stake in the heart. I love a lot of great dramatic sunlight endings. Yeah. Whether you've tricked them into sunlight or they've voluntarily gone into the sunlight. I, I think it's the, the idea that a vampire walks into sunlight or is hit with beams of sunlight and turns to ash and fades away. It's this, it, it literally, like, when you touch the ash being, and they fade away. They, they blow away in the breeze, or they just crumble to the ground. This this Pompeii-esque ash figure. I like the, I like the symbology of it. Oh, what is that beautiful scene? It's at the end of Blade or Blade Two. That girl that he, like, kind of falls in love with, and she just wants to see the sunrise one last time. And he, like, takes her up on that rooftop, and she just fucking... So good. Yeah, man. So and and also another dramatic one too. I know we're not getting into the shows or movies yet. Oh, well, but, yeah, yeah. We but uh, in True Blood. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I love True Blood. Eric Northman's maker was called Gotrick. He was like this old, even older Viking than Eric was. And Gotrick, um, he he's he's been around for like two thousand years, and he's like right. one of the most powerful vampires. And then he ultimately realizes he has to kill himself. And like he's standing out in the sun, like the sun's getting ready to come up and Northman is just like beside himself. Like you can't let yourself die. And he just says, I never knew you're Christ, but we probably could have gotten along. <laughs> and then he just lets the sun come in and kill him. Like he's the most powerful vampire. Right, like, right, One right. of the most in the world. And he's just like. And the oldest. And see, it's, yeah, and it's I've one thing. Let, I've got to kill myself in order. Like he does it. It's a self-sacrificial thing. Right, right, right. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I love a good sunshine killing. Um whether it's voluntary or not. I love when they trick a vampire, you know, and they like start tearing down the walls or something. Oh like yeah. That. Like, yeah. or we start shooting out the boards or we start exactly. pulling things down yeah. or busting out windows. Yeah. Like that's how you save yourself in good vampire movies is it's 5 a.m. The sword, the sun's coming up. Let's get out of here. somehow. Yeah. I love those. That's awesome. But that brings me to the other side of the coin. And the reason I brought that up in the first place, since this is a round table discussion, when you mess with those mythos, all bets are off. And I hate to keep coming back to this because it is kind of the downfall of our society with vampires. Like, um, what are they called? The 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 Twilight books. Yeah. Once your vampires walk amongst the light. Like Blade, Blade's a half and half. He's, he's a, a daywalker. He's the daywalker. He walks between both worlds. But once you're Edward Cullen, once your vampires can walk in the sunshine. Once your vampires aren't scared of crosses, garlic doesn't affect them. Once you start throwing these things out the window, you're really just going, well, okay, well, my vampire is better than your vampire. My vampire can't be killed. Like, so it's that's the things that I don't like is when somebody, I mean, it's okay to switch up your rules, but when you take away the fundamentals to me, like the only way to kill the vampire is to chop its head off. The only way to kill a vampire is to burn it. You see what I'm saying? Like, once you take away the rules of sunlight and stake through the heart and garlic and stuff, it kind of gets away from me, man. I'm just like, well, then what's the point? I don't have a problem with with taking classic tales and the ideas that go within them and flipping them on their head. If if the end goal 
is to stay still kind of in the same efforts. I think the biggest hang up with something like Twilight is that not only are they doing that, but they're not even trying to make a type of film that really involves vampires. You know what I mean? Like the 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 result they're seeking with those Twilight films is not what people are going to watch vampire films for over in the number of years. And that's the biggest problem with it. It's like, I don't mind you flipping a classic tale on its head. If it's in the name of trying to recreate why people were watching it in the first place. Right. That's the biggest thing. It's like, well, no, don't do a vampire movie then. If you add to it, do a, some kind of supernatural teen romance thing or whatever, you know, that's fine. But to go in and specifically categorize yourself, with vampire movies, you open yourself up to the scrutiny. And that's why I don't feel bad ripping on those things. No. It's like because you wanted to join the party. You and, didn't have to. And right? I'm going to come right out right now. I saw five of them. And I'm not sitting there like. And you <laughs> read them too. And you? I read them too because I'm the type of guy that's like, oh, this is pop culture. I've got kids. My kids, my kid, which he is, the, old, the boy, he's of that age and he wanted to read them. And he read them. But I read them first. I wanted to know what was going on. So I read the books. I've seen the movies because they want to see the movies. I've read the books. I've seen the movies. And honestly, I went and seen the last two by myself because I'm like, all right, I want to see. I want to see if they did it justice. Yeah, at that point, you want to finish it. Well, no, because yeah. I want to oh, yeah. see. Well, because, I mean, you got these great directors stepping in and each helm in a movie, and he helmed the last two. I want to see how they went with it. But my thing about them and that holds that still holds true is one thing we talked about earlier. They took the happily ever after story or the, the tragic story of a vampire made it a happily ever after story. They made it a fairy tale, a Gothic fairy tale where we live happily ever after. Not only do we live happily ever after we get to have a kid too, because she has a kid in the, in the course of these movies. Right. So they have a family. Not only is it Edward and Bella, they have a family and that's, it goes along those lines again. You've literally stepped on the fucking neck of vampires. And I hate, I'm not trying to be crude or blue, but that's what they did. They stepped on the fucking neck of vampires. Something that we're already sitting here half and half, this up one side, down the other about. They stepped on them. Yep. And one of the reasons is, and that I'm using this as a segue, that's why I wanted to bring Twilight up, is I hate it when we give vampires special powers. Each vam- And it, when each vampire has their own special power. Yeah. It pisses me off. It's not enough that they live forever. They're faster than everybody. They have, they have, uh, what is it, the glamour? Yeah, yeah, where they can glamour people, where they can make people bend to their will. They're stronger than everybody else. It's not enough. Now they have special powers. Well, I don't like that aspect. I think that's a part of the lore we have to touch on too. What are some of the special powers vampires have? You said speed. Yeah. Strength. Yeah. Um, the ability to glamour, you mm-hmm. know, so that they Complete have like control. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Have a familiar or a slave. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Adapting they read, into different animals. Re- reading yeah. people's thoughts. Bats, Tur- wolves. Turning yeah. into bats and wolves. Some can fly. Some yeah. read people's thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, because you've got in multiple movies uh, scaling down buildings to go down to bedroom windows. Right. Right, creepy. <laughs> or like you said, like they they'll turn in, and it's not always consistent. They either turn into bats or they turn into wolves. They turn into some kind of some kind of predator, whatever predator they can get on set. But right. I mean, they turn into a predator, you know. Like one of the funniest movies. I love Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> I've never seen it. Vampire in Brooklyn. Wes Craven. Wes Craven made that movie. You should watch it. With Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah. but Kadeem Hardison is the guy that he. That goes under his spell. If you ever want to see a really good 
Craven directed that? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, son. I'm baffled. Go ahead. No, you didn't watch it. But I'm talking about so you talking about blaming people and taking people under your control. Like to watch Kadeem Hardison turn into this pieces fallen off of him, Igor esque character who's fallen apart. And Wes Craven was like, This is my vampire movie. <laughs> like that's how you know that. He must have been finishing here. up a contract. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Dracula dead and loving. Oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm a Leslie Nielsen There fan. is a funny scene in that where he's like trying to glamour two people in a room at once. He's like, you, walk to the... No. 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 You, walk to the window. No, no. you. Yeah. I love that you guys can reference it. Because I was completely eager. It. It's the only scene I remember. I saw it in the theater when it came out. Oh, I, I didn't 11. see it in the theater, that but I saw it on HBO several times. made me want to watch times. it. Like, legit. <laughs> but no, like Any... you said, man, they got those special powers. It's just when now a, a vampire has mind control. Yeah. Or this vampire can see the future. Yeah. Or this vampire, by touching you, can uh, knows everything about your past. This vampire can look deep into your eyes and tell what you're thinking. Right. Like, I hate that shit. Because at the end, like, Bella like had a power where she could we're, create a shield. and We are talking way too much about Twilight. No, I know, but we're, you know why? Because this is the <laughs> one vampire series that is the most pop culture relevant. And I hate to admit that, but it is. More than anything else. Not in our little world, in the world. It's the relevant pop culture vampire wow. experience that people universally have read or watch. Like, I can, we can reference movies all day. I can talk about John Carpenter's vampires, and people are going to be like, what? We can talk about Near Dark, an amazing vampire movie, which we've talked about before. And people will say, what? But if you say Edward Cullen, they're like, ah, I'm just trying to be relevant. But it's probably time to get to the real ones. Okay, let's go ahead. Then. One, but, one last thing. Any last any last bits of vampire lore? Um, I think the or things. Um, I like amulets. I like I like things of okay yeah. things of significance yeah, with yeah, vampires. Yeah, yeah. Things that that bring that history out even more. Not only am I a tortured soul, but this is the this is the object of my undoing, or this is the the thing that holds my power. I, I like that too. Okay, uh, just one last thing for me. I love how beautiful yet disgusting they can be oh definitely you know and you can go deeper into different areas with that but like that's something especially coppola did well with yeah with making you know this very uh, attractive luring gentleman who as we know is very grotesque at times yes in his private moments so that's something i think that's fascinating about that well and i love that every good historic vampire one that's you know lived many years has a period of their life they're not proud of yeah. Oh, definitely. That's a good part of any story. Like when you look. Oh, back. I've got a good one for that discussion right there. Yeah. So. Oh like, man. Um. Last but not least, uh, another thing that turned me off to the vampire genre in the last twenty years is the rise of the goth slash techno vampire. Yes. Like you know, God. Queen of the Damned. Yeah. yeah, Queen of the Damned, and even the Underworld movies, even yeah. though they had some redeeming qualities. I'm not going to yeah. throw the baby out with the bathwater. But like, just it was just like they like, love that phrase. They're like it's just like the vampires were like ravers. Well, that happened I mean? in remember like, the yeah. that was in the Blade yeah, trilogy the Blade too. Yeah, 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 they, they did that too. I'll put it out there. Those I hate those movies. Blade. Yeah, I'll, what? no, no, not Blade. Oh, Underworld. Oh, movies. oh Underworld. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. I was like, guys, not Blade. It's like no, you guys vampires sped up right <laughs> as I started talking. I'm a Blade. How dare you do about Underworld movies? You don't like Brian. I'll throw the baby out with that bathwater. Those movies suck. So. Um, and, and then one last thing, one last piece of lore that we left out. We covered everything on my list except for how can a vampire come into your home? Oh, oh I love that. He has to be invited. He has to be invited. And and I think 
90%, 95% of movies or TV shows maintain that. Yeah. See, and that's the, the I, I enjoy that because you, a vampire doesn't, it has power over you over the rest of the world, but your sanctuary, yeah, your home, he needs you to let him in. And that's why it's almost a violation of his trust to kill him in his coffin. You know what I mean? Because like, you, you have to ask. He has to ask to come into your home, but you go and take his bed apart and kill him. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that's part of it. And real quick, let's go one more, and then we'll get into movies. I know you guys want to hear movies. This better not or be you don't. related No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> Van Helsing. Just real quick. Ugh. Or the quote-unquote vampire hunter before we go into actual movies what what do you the van helsing movie no 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 like a character a guy whose sole purpose is hunting and killing the evil beast or the evil being a vampire like some movies play that really well that every vampire has a has a protagonist antagonist however the story's played out that's a vampire is the good guy or the bad guy has a guy that's trying to get rid of or has a group of people that are trying to get rid of them. And that plays a lot. Like mm-hmm. John Carpenter's vampires. Like, there's always a group of people trying to kill vampires. So what do you think about that? Like, do you I like the stories better when nobody knows they're alive. Mm. You know, like like I the the way back stories is like we've been around for four hundred years and we're myth. We're something that whispers in your ear. We're like the devil. You know, it's like you don't really think we exist. And that's how we continue to exist. Every year, there's hundreds of thousands of missing person reports, and you just chalk them up to unsolved cases, and we're walking amongst you. You know, I, I think that's, I like that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I don't like the idea that we know what's really going on. We're out here hunting y'all. I don't like that. Yeah. But I will say the Go thing ahead. that I'm okay with that is they're usually treated like nut jobs. Okay, I'll give you that. And, I'll give and you that. With a Van Helsing, they're usually a little quirky. Uh, whether Edward Van Sloan's playing it or Anthony Hopkins, there's always a certain eccentric nature to them and kind of offbeat humor. Okay. To where there's this element where not everybody even on screen is taking them seriously. But I feel you on that. Like right. I do like the anonymity of of long term. Exactly. You know that that's sinister and chilling. But yeah, I'm okay with the Van Helsing character in particular because it just seems to me like if a lot of people knew. That the that vampires existed, we would have it'd be more like True Blood, and I know this is going to be the segue, but I mean it'd be more like True Blood. We know these things exist. Do, are we vampirists? Do we go against them? Do we try to get rid of them? They're killing people. How do we regulate them? Like in the real world, you see, like there's that's the thing that I don't like it because once it once it's out, it becomes a thing, just like just like racism or or sexual orientation, it becomes a thing. You know, it's like yeah. if equal rights for vampires. Vampires are people too. Like, it becomes a thing. The anonymity of vampires. Just walking the earth, killing the occasional person, feeding when they have to, and being about their way. I love that. But the fact that this one guy's leading a crusade to get rid of these things, I, I never dug, man. I think every angle has its place. I got you. I okay. like... Uh, I like the anonymity bit, you know, like a near dark, you know, right, or, right. Uh, you know, and I like, I like the hunter bit, uh, and especially in like a Salem's lot. Okay. You know, okay. Because they become hunters, right. you know, but, um, like my favorite hunters, if we have to go hunters, right. Are the frog brothers. I just of, course, of course. 
Um, but then too, I also, I also, as I've already said, and we'll talk more about later, I love True Blood. So I love that like it's been brought to light, that vampires are real. Well, let's just go into it now. Let's go ahead and talk about True Blood now. All right. We'll put, start let's get, there. Let's get True Blood Yeah, because it's a, it was a very, it was a, another pop culture thing. It was a long running show on a cable network mm-hmm. that people turned into every week. So go ahead. What was it about True Blood that drew you in? I just think it was a fascinating take on the tale. And I love that for every um, everything that detracted from the show, there were certainly things that were just so much gratuitous. I mean, sucky. Yeah, right. <laughs> I like Vampire Bill. Sookie. Vampire Sookie. Bill. Sookie. Um, but I like it when she makes fun of him. She's like, Sookie. Yeah, like, I really like the show because, it. I mean, it's centered around one town. You know, it was one town and the way that they dealt with not just vampires, werewolves, fairies, witches, like all of these things that, like, we wouldn't even think would have a place, but they do because it's like, oh, oh, it's a vampire show. But some people were like, oh, wait, there's fairies? This is dumb. I'm turning it off. I'm like, <laughs> you could suspend your disbelief for that. Vampires but, and werewolves, but but yeah. fairies take you out. Yeah, of it. exactly. That takes you out of it. So I understand it's not everybody's thing. They're you know, the first few episodes are the first ones you got to get through. There's bro. gratuitous violence, gratuitous sex, and like it's because it's HBO. They're trying to shock you, bro. You I know? had that moment, the moment when um, they the the sex cult for like two or three that episodes. Witch, yeah, the that. witch. I literally, I was like, this is fucking stupid. Why, why would this would never happen? Like, why? Yeah, right. Vampires? No, right. so I was there for a little while because I was like, this is stupid. But no, I'm with you. I mean, I just really think it's a brilliant show. <laughs> it, I, it is. I, I don't, I mean, I'll, I'll argue that if someone, if someone will watch the whole show. Um, but it takes most of the traditional lore and sticks with yeah. it. They develop true blood, which is a blood substitute. Synthetic. Synthetic. Synthetic, yes. So that they don't have to live in the shadows anymore. Right. Hint, what we do in the shadows. Uh, oh, coming up but, later. Uh, but no, it's, I just, I really think it's a sharp show and it deals with that drama. It deals with that tortured soul process because, you know, Sookie, the main love interest. Yes. Well, she's, spoiler, part fairy. And she's got the sweetest blood because vampires love fairy blood. <gasps> oh, I didn't see that far. Is she a fairy? <laughs> she's part fairy. Makes it makes it, no wonder. Every time she takes her shirt off, I'm just like her great grandpa is played by Rutger Hauer. <laughs> Booyah! Love me some Rutger yeah, Hauer. Yeah. Bobo with the shotgun. So, so like, but the catch is like we go like seven seasons, right? And like with two vampires who are her love. No, a Eric vampire Miller, and a werewolf. A vampire and and like neither one of them has the heart to like turn her. Because they don't want to plague her with that existence. Exactly. And I'm not saying that to be like Mr. Touchy Feely sensitive, but I mean like they're characters you get attached to. And it's like, well, why wouldn't you? She wants you to turn her, you know? Like you guys want to live forever, go for it. You, you know, know that I I stopped watching that show after about season three because I got tired of body shame being body shamed every week. By like every time them. I saw a fucking werewolf, I was like, my Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they would come out with like perfect abs and twelve inch dicks and I'm like, fuck this. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I I'm, so, no, I really did. I started feeling bad about myself. I'm watching it with the wife and here comes this beautiful man walking across the screen. And the first two seasons I'm like, Sookie's naked. And then season three, I'm like, this shit's dumb. You look over the corner, you're like, wait, watch a disco more. <laughs> I turned it off. Son. Writing went downhill, we're I done. Sold the DVDs, I sold it off. 
<laughs> no, but no, but for real, that is, I, I feel you on that. I, I, I had to make that joke. Yeah, I loved. I like the show. It's fascinating. I didn't end up watching the end of it, so that was a surprise about the fairies. Yeah, but no, I mean, I get you. Is the thing about that show is just let's make it mainstream. Yeah, vampires mainstream, and it it really did. I think it did a lot to counterbalance the the other series we were talking about. Man, it did a lot to counterbalance that. It's like here's actual rules of being a vampire. Mm-hmm. But and it dealt with some of those issues, yeah. like what they call they call them fang bangers, yeah. the women who would have sex with vampires yeah. and let them bite them to the point and of it dealt with things like human yeah. slavery and like exactly things like, that. like it, it it addressed it like indirectly addressed some real life social exactly. Issues. Yeah. I mean that's the way you tell a story because that's a human emotional story. And humans could take vampire blood like a drug and they called it V. Oh yeah, yeah, they they, they would take V because what's her name? The brother, what's his name? Uh, yeah, Jason. Jason. Jason, Jason Stackhouse. Stackhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jason, would he would be on V, or they would do things, and he'd make you fuck like a chain. It was cocaine, essentially. So yeah. it was it was a drug, man. Right. Like, dude, I th- I thought that was did a lot. Professor, have you ever tried True Blood? <laughs> um, bro, I drank, not the product, but I, I watched drank three uh, cans of True Blood I, one day. I think I, I watched lie. first three or four seasons. I watched yeah. first three. Um, it's not that I had a problem with it, but. It started jumping all over the place for me mm-hmm. to where I just, I don't know, I kind of lost track of it. Okay. I wouldn't, I didn't dislike it. But yeah, I mean, what I watched was good. Mm-hmm. But so, I was going to say what I think is interesting too, to kind of build on that is that really the only type of, of our world and the horror genre that's kind of permeated into television and been really successful is vampires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, you got like Dark Shadows. Yeah. Buff, oh, there you go. There you go. Buffy. Oh, I mean, yeah. we oh. you know we just got these uh, handful of shows that did really, really well, and I mean, obviously, we don't have a long list of you know Frankenstein shows, and I mean, <laughs> yeah. you could get into real life killers and stuff, but for the most part, this is the only time horrors kind of entered general television. And you've you noticed that vampires are the gateway drug. Everything you just mentioned, bro, yeah. like True Blood brought us in vampires, but then brought us in werewolves. <clears throat> Buffy. Brought us in vampires and then demons, but Spike or not Spike, um, uh, Seth Green's character was a werewolf, werewolf. right? Yeah, I mean, like, and so vampires Willow, are like that. Willow and Tara were witches. Yeah, so like vampires are always that starting off drug. Yeah, the, the good call because you're right. Like, true, same thing with the uh, shadows. Oh, I didn't watch the show. It was way before my time. Dark shadows. I did see the Johnny Depp movie. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I know that it was a cultural thing because huge. when the movie came out. Members of family and older people were like, "Oh, this is great." I didn't know what it was. I wouldn't see the, the movie. strain that's on now. Oh yeah, it's oh, kind I of see, a new modern take on that. It's good. It's that's good a big show. show. Right yeah. All right. I never watched Kindred: The Embraced. I jotted it down though. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people enjoy that one. Yeah. Right on. So, um, I want to hop into something. If you want to go into movies real quick, sure. Let's start movies because I know we're 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 at a certain place, guys. I don't know why I haven't watched Thirty Days of Night. I watched. I had my second viewing a couple weeks ago. I watched it the first time. It was all right. I watched it a few weeks ago. Best fucking vampire movie I've ever seen, next to Near Dark and Lost Boys. I love that movie so much. It had so much going for it. There we go. Yeah, you definitely got to hear me gush about it on our winter episode. It's so good. Thirty Days of Night is so good, and like I. I don't know why. Same thing. I watched it the first. I watched it the first time, and uh, just thought like, oh, it's okay, you know, like whatever. But man, 
that second time around, I I am sold. That's, oh, I'll brother. watch it. I'll watch it every winter. I bought on. the uh, the second one, the Dark Days, Thirty Days of Night, Dark Days. I bought that on Blu-ray the other day just because I have never seen it. Just because I like Thirty Days of Night. I haven't seen it. Have you? I have not. Okay. I, I'm yet to watch it. I didn't get to it before this episode, but I like that movie that much. It told the perfect story. Thirty Days of Night. It, we're in a town in Alaska where it's completely dark for a month. That's where vampires. Breed, man. That's where they feed, dude. I All right. love that. Now, I haven't watched that one in a few years. I remember my only complaint. I may be way off on this. I'm going on memory. I like. I love the concept of it. I love how fast and vicious they were. The only thing I remember was that it seemed like it got really action-driven. Am I way it off does. on that? No, no, it does. No, it I think that was my only complaint. I still enjoy it a lot. Um, I think, but it's yeah. been a couple years. And the vampires look dumb. Yeah, I will give you that. I always think of the aerial shot of the streets when they're running That's and attacking. An How great shot. is that? It's I mean, an that... amazing shot. And then the only other thing, I one last thing I'll say about it is the survivors are smart. That's one thing I really liked about it is like, you know, you see a lot of dumb survivors in shows. And you also see a lot of sh- shows where like the survivors do too well. This was a movie where they were just right. Right. Know? They they lost they they lost people at a... At a rate that you would expect. Yeah, totally. And I, I like that because people were just fed up and tired of this. And and the thing I loved about it was when you went against the vampire, you lost. Oh, yeah. There wasn't none of this. Like, people made grand stands. But for the most part, when you went against a vampire, you fucking lost. And I love that about it. Professor, you're up next. Go ahead. Uh, just anything movie-wise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your I'll, vampire movie? I'm going to throw out two that I find the scariest. Okay. Go ahead. The original Nosferatu, still. Oh, okay. Um, to me, it is like watching a nightmare. Klaus Kinski? <laughs> no, no. Oh. Silent. Oh, that's Silent. Yeah. Max no. Van Trek? Yeah, yeah, although I en- I enjoy the late 70s one, but the original Silent, Max Shrek, uh, Murnau directed, Nosferatu is still scary. It, oh. Now, it takes a little bit to get going. Um, that's a common complaint with it, and I agree. But it is like watching, to me, a nightmare with with the flickering of the film from back right. then, um, and he still looks scary. I no. mean, the imagery of him is still scary, and it's just basically Dracula without the rights. Now, and is that's it, why it's called Nosferatu. Is Klaus Kinski is that one silent as well? No, that's her her song Bernard directed Herzog. that. Yeah. So okay, so I was telling Grizz, I think I've only seen that one. I thought I saw the original because I ordered one. And watched it years ago. With sound or without? See, that's... I can't remember. I, color? I remember, like, piano... No, black and white, but, like, piano playing. Well, the, the her song is in color. Um, oh, okay. Well, then maybe I have seen the original. Which It's playing on the same story and look. Um, but, you know, you know as, opposed to the, shadow, yeah. as opposed to the good-looking traditional Dracula story, it's more based on how they approached it with Nosferatu. But, yeah, uh, the silent Nosferatu, like I said, it's it's got almost a surreal feel to it. Now, there's one... That some film enthusiasts will throw out there that does the same thing, Vampire. Uh, I can't think of the director's name. I think it's Dreyer. Um, it's kind of a snooze fest, whereas oh, okay. Nosferatu is not. Yeah. Um, so I was, and I'm not saying that you know to be cute about it. Like I really do still find that to be one of the two scariest, along with Salem's Lot. Yeah. There you go. I think that is the most effective vampire movie from a horror angle. Uh, many consider the book to be the great American horror novel. I think people kind of easy. It's easy to dismiss Stephen King because he's so in the now still. Uh, but I think as time progresses, Salem's Lot will be celebrated more than anything he wrote. It's a great book. Well, I got to put out there. I've never, I've never read the book, 
But Salem's Lot was that one movie that um, I swore I saw when I was little and then finally got it on DVD through <laughs> tracking and tracking and eventually paying the price. If people yeah, wanted. you got to hunt it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I finally got it, I was like, I've never fucking seen this. Like, it was new. It was good. I, I remember it being really good, but it was one of those ones like I swore for years I'd seen it. I never read the book, never knew anything about it. And I was like, he is terrifying. Like, yeah. The look, everything about it was terrifying. And it was a made-for-TV movie. It was yeah. a miniseries. It's a big so event that, at the time. Yeah. Because so he was, was, you know, a hot item. They're starting to make his movies. Toby Hubert directing it. Mm-hmm. The guy who did Texas Chainsaw Massacre is getting ready to have this scary-ass TV movie. So, yeah, those, those would be, uh, from a horror angle, in terms of what actually I find scary and effective, those would be my two. Man. How about you guys? Well, uh, I... I, I want to say a couple things on Salem's Lot. Um, the setting in Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. cool. And it's, I remember like having a problem with it the first time I watched it. Like, why is it called Salem's Lot if it's not about Salem and witches? So, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like, okay, you know, okay. Like, I, mean, I got it's you. weird. I mean, it's something you get over, but uh, I love the setting. It's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's a good Stephen King, New England story. Um, but man, the floating kids. Oh, scary in hell. Terrifying, terrifying to see uh, for that first kid to see his little brother, his dead little brother, yep. floating outside his outside window. His win- oh, dude! And then for the next kid to see his like best friend dead, floating outside his window, it's messed up, son. Yeah, <laughs> and this scary. goes back to what I was talking about earlier <laughs> with with the resurgence of somebody you've lost. They're yeah. in the flesh. Yeah, just they're different. I yeah. mean, that's ooh. And I always joke with Professor after I watched it the first time. My joke is every time I watch it. I'm going to have nightmares of Professor floating outside my window, like <laughs> tapping on it. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, who's our, our dude from uh, Devil's Rejects? Jeffrey Lewis. Jeffrey Lewis. Jeffrey Lewis. So he's great in that. that. And then I Was, love, rest in peace. Go ahead. And I love, too, just how the, the two guys become vampire hunters. Yeah. And they, yeah. David Soul of Starsky and Hutch fame. Yeah, <laughs> that was it, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. So good. And I love that that damn Jeep, he could never get the door shut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anything to say about those two? Or you want those no, two? you're good. You're good. good. Uh, no, go, go ahead. You, you okay. Throw out a couple more. Um, Don't throw out the big two. Just throw out some other ones. We're not there yet. Let's talk about Fright Night. There we go. Fright you're so Night. cool, Brewster. You're so cool, Brewster. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't call me evil. <laughs> Evil Ed. Oh, man. What a movie. Just what a movie. I oh, love my goodness. Fright Night so much. Fright Night is... Have I ever told my Fright Night story? Go ahead. I'm going to tell my Fright Night story. <laughs> Fright Night is... I'm not going to say is the, but Fright Night is a perfect 80s horror movie. Oh, dude. Chris, yeah. Chris Sarandon. And arguably the best 80s uh, cover art. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, dude. Like, oh, yeah. So, Just Todd. Which is hot, more than the movie. Hot Toddy. Whatever, whatever. I forget what we're calling him now. Hot Toddy. Just He's Todd. Hot Toddy. Yeah, Hot Toddy. So, I walked into Hot Toddy's house a few days ago, and on his table, he's like, look what just came in, and unrolls this huge theatrical Fright Night poster. I've wanted this thing for years. $3, bro. eBay. I'm like... Are you wow. kidding? Like I'm, I, I want to punch him. I'm, I'm literally because that is such a great poster. Tom Holland sells it on his site, autographed. Like I, that is such great image. The the whole thing about it, man. Oh man, like oh. um, the thing I like more than anything else about that movie, like I just was saying, was Chris Sarandon. Yeah, he Sarandon was great. Is amazing in that movie. I like me some uh, Princess Bride. I like me some Child's Play. 
But in that movie, man, he's he really kicks it up a notch. Yeah. And I enjoyed that. And Tom Holland actually must have enjoyed him. He keeps using his ass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, just everything about the movie is great. I mean, it's What just... was the TV personality? What was his name? In real life, or uh, no, on the, on the I can't movie. remember his character's name. I can't either. I just watched it. Peter too. Vincent. Peter Vincent. Yeah. There we go. You know, yeah. it's like let's go to this guy. He's going to be able it's to like help a mix us. of Peter Cushing and Vincent Price. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. 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 And that's um, he's so <laughs> much fun, and I love like he's like, come on, let's go. <laughs> yeah. He's like not into it so much through the movie. Um, but I just want to say too, without taking away from the original, the remake's really good too. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, I bought it's it. It's a lot Rising. of fun. I bought it. I'm not going to It's lie. a lot of fun. The remake is fun, and I love the Peter Vincent character in that one, how he's like a Chris Angel mind freak sort of guy, <laughs> but he's also just as like cowardly and freaked out. Like, right. They did that well, but no, the original, I think the original is a perfect 80s horror movie. I think it hits all the high spots, laughs, scares, cinematography in that movie. Everything looks great. Yeah, I mean, Fright Night, like you just it said, it's looks the, like a horror it's movie. It's the quintessential 80s vampire horror yeah. no 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 just, it's, yeah. it's it's a really good 80s horror. i got my the big yeah. one's still no, on the list no 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 right on but so, yeah i agree with that yeah. um amanda beers dude she's so hot in that movie <laughs> like i i just for years i just wanted to fuck marcy darcy because i had such a crush on you her. and no one else she's, I know, a le- dude, she's a lesbian she's a flat chested lesbian no i'll take it back Edit that out. Uh, anyway, no, but anyway, uh, no, no. But seriously, like I no, I really did. I thought she was hot when I seen her in person. I like told her Tommy Boy wedding footage. <laughs> no, I yeah. like to get a piece of that. <laughs> give me that. Give me that. No, yeah, no. That. Seriously, when I told when I seen her in person, I told her I was like, nice. you're, "You're hot," and she just kind of looked at me. <laughs> dude, I'm eight, I'm eight beers in at that point. <laughs> so my fright night story is. We're walking through Fright Night Film Festival, of all places, in Louisville, Kentucky. And they're having a Fright Night reunion. And I see my dude, William Ragsdale. Here comes William Ragsdale and the rest of the Fright Night cast. Everybody that was there. Amanda Bierce, uh, uh, Evil Ed, um, Chris Sarandon. They're all walking towards me on their way to a panel. And William Ragsdale's there. And I look over at Hot Toddy and Nicole and I'm like, if I don't talk to him now, I'm not going to get to talk to him. He's had a line all day. I lean into him. We love Fright Night. I lean into him. I'm like, hey, man, I loved you in Mannequin 2. <laughs> and he looks at me and goes, oh, dude, come on, really? Like, he thought I was making fun of him. <laughs> and I was like, no, dude, I love Mannequin 2. And he was just like, ah, whatever, and walks away, and I'm like, <laughs> what is this asshole's problem? I just told him I loved him. And then Hot Toddy looks at me and goes, Dude, we're at a horror convention. He probably thought you were making fun of him. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not. I love I'm mannequins. Not, I really do. <laughs> so I had a really shitty run in with William Ragsdale. I've seen, he's been at two conventions I've been at twice, and I haven't even gone up and talked to him. I'm Hilarious. Like, he's never going to remember me, but I just don't want to walk up to him and be like, Oh, yeah. How's Mannequin 2 now? And smacks me upside the head with an 8x10 or something. I don't know. Okay. That Did was I get one. another pick? Let me throw out another one. Oh, are we doing Oh, I don't care. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, he did too. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, From Dusk Till Dawn. There you go. Oh, There man. you go. 45 minutes, intense crime drama. 45 minutes, grindhouse vampire horror movie. 
So good. Best so movie. Good. Yeah. The Gecko the, Brothers. The, the Gecko Brothers are amazing. Yeah. And George Clooney and Tarantino kill that. But Clooney's character in that. Amazing. Best role in that movie. I can remember watching that in the theater. Yes. And just thinking at that age when it came out. This is the coolest shit ever. <laughs> this is something special. Because like Desperado was already a big deal with yeah. some of my friends. Yep. And we'd watch that. And obviously Pulp Fiction. And man. It still holds up too. Oh yeah, it's very interesting. Oh, I watched it two months ago. Yeah, like before I even knew we were doing the show, I just put it on, and I was like, "Gosh, why is this movie still so good?" Dude, yeah. Clooney has the best line in that movie. He looks at if after um, after old boy tells him, he's just like, "That's a that's a Winnebago. It takes a Class A driver's license, you know." And after they establish that they're truckers, yeah, he sits there and they go over to the table. He's like, "Hey, what can I get you?" And he's like, "Tequila. Bring the bottle." And he's like, he's like, you guys sell food in this joint? He's like, best in Mexico. And Clooney just looks at him deadpan. He's like, I doubt that. <laughs> he's, like, Won't you just, he's like, I doubt that. Why don't you send a waitress over to take our order? <laughs> and like, he's just deadpan. And I'm just, I don't know why, but that's the best line in that movie. He's just like, I doubt that. <laughs> Clooney kills it, man. Like, and like that part oh, where he has man. to kill, I mean, he's done everything to protect his little brother. Yeah. And Tarantino is fucked in the head. <laughs> For the lack of a better term. And then when he turns into a vampire and he has to kill him and he says, Richie, may I give you the peace and death that you never knew in life? Yeah. Oh, yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. And then his, his next his next pragmatic line, it's so good, when uh, they're out there and they're killing the vampires and they've got the crosses and everything. And Kaitel says, I thought you didn't believe in God. He's like, well, I didn't when we started this day. But now there are vampires, there are demons. Crosses are killing them. I'm pretty sure that their only explanation for this is there must be a God. <laughs> it's not exactly how he puts it, but it's along those lines. He's like, you know what? Let's just roll with it. <laughs> I'm going to make a cross on my bump shotgun here. You know? <laughs> like, oh, I love how he took that stake and he cocked the shotgun with it. Yeah. It had the handle on it. Hilarious. <laughs> Boom. That, <laughs> oh, dude. That movie is so. And then the end. When he doesn't the take Juliet Lewis, yeah, he doesn't take Juliet Lewis with him. Oh, I love that. <laughs> he I just walks it. out, collects his money, and goes on his way. Son, she says, "Can She's I come lost with everybody?" You? Nah. nah. And they pan out, and you see that the, the back. back of the bar is an old ass. Oh temple. yeah, that was so that was filled with cars yeah. and everything. Yeah. It's like right before every morning, they just shovel it all back there. Yeah, start they're over just like, again tomorrow. Here we go. We're going. To, yeah, we're going to do this again I tomorrow. I mean, like. To show the history of like it being an Aztec temple, to show that this has just been going on forever, like, oh, amazing! And it's the thing: most of the people going to said bar right past the border, who's you know what I mean? Like, who's yeah. really tracking them down? Right? Okay, it's like a so great vehicle for that. Yeah, we've left out one of the most important parts of this movie, and it's Sama Hayek oh, dancing. Oh, trust me, fourteen-year-old me remembers. Oh, brother! Like, there you've never. You've never seen a part of a tape more fucked up than that part of that tape. <laughs> Anytime you rented it from the VHS. It's the only, it's the only no, time son, a snake I'm talking about my personal copy. The only time a snake don't bother me. Oh, brother. <laughs> I deal with Like, it. she's dancing with that. Like, But it was so great because in this highly... And they knew what they were doing. Oh, really? In this highly sexualized scene where this beautiful woman is dancing. Now, imagine. Turning every man on. You got... You're, you're worked up. Breathing heavy already. You got hearts pounding a mile a minute, and then we pan up, and she's a fucking vampire. Now imagine this beautiful woman 
but with the head of a snake. <laughs> Whether I'm just, just saying, white for you. Yeah. dude, I'm telling you, like that, that alone, because she was beautiful in that movie. But it's that it turned that quickly. We brought the tempo down. We took it from that action comedy, you know, like oh, we got to get into fucking Mexico. Once we get into fucking Mexico, we'll all be fucking Mexicans, and then we'll go our own separate ways in the morning. I mean, all that, you know, and you crime get drama, blindsided. and then literally we go into a dancing naked lady. Who's Selma Hayek of all dancing naked ladies with Danny Trejo and fucking what's his name? Tom Savini. Tom Savini Fred and Wilson. Fred Williamson. We've got this whole band of characters, and then we pan down and pan back up, and she's a fucking vampire. Amazing, dude. We don't have to go into the film, but I do just want to mention around that same time, also teen young teenage me loved was Bordello of Blood back then. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love a man. Lots who of vampires, gives you lots of movies. And let you keep it. <laughs> Dude, great movie great movie that was Corey Feldman that was a Corey Feldman piece man Mad Ten, you get the next two um man I'm not going to go two because I know the big two are going to come out here in a minute okay. but I am going to go uh, I'm dying to know what the big two are <laughs> do you want me to say the big two or you no, want you to go into one um dude I love Dracula 2000 don't love the movie not the pacing of the movie, the story. I told you I love old vampire <laughs> He's stories. He's like, I love nothing but the title. <laughs> no, listen, listen. No, listen. So, and, and I don't give a fuck. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. You get to the end of this movie, and you <laughs> find out that this vampire is Judas. Oh, he you fucking hung I've himself. never seen it. Yeah, he hung it. himself off the, side of, off the side of the cliff when the sun was coming up, and... He didn't die. Instead, it turned him into this horrid beast. Yeah. You know, he was the man who betrayed Jesus for 30, 30 pieces of silver. Mm-hmm. And that's your story. Like, as we go this whole movie knowing that he's this evil character. But when you get to the end and you find out he's the most, the most evil person in literary history. I mean, not uh, not only religious, I mean, but literary history yeah. all the way back, whether you believe or don't believe, he is the villain. And to take his roots all the way back that far, it was bravo for me. Man. I don't want to throw your track off too much, but in other stories that I've read, not seen in movies, right. but they, they track the original vampire to be Kane. Right, right, right. Yeah, we were talking Abel. about that. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those, yeah. Are, those are two two neat takes. I just stories. think what it goes back to what I was saying earlier. When you can track a vampire back to roots that are that deeply embedded in history, in our history, it's like, oh God, he was always around. It's like, it's always that. Uh, I love the song "Sympathy for the Devil." Yeah, love that song, dude. And "Sympathy for the Devil" just plays real big into that. Because you listen, because everything he says, you know, I was I was around when Jesus Christ had his moment of doubt and pain. Yeah. I was there when I killed the czar and the minister and Anastasia yeah, cried. It's it's that little song. One song takes me through a journey of this evil being throughout time. Mm-hmm. And when you can do that with a vampire, I love it. Oh yeah. Um, and we've already talked a lot about um interviews, so I'm gonna go ahead and kick it on over here to the professor. Because interview would have been the other one I wanted to talk about, but we've already brought it up right then. So go ahead. We're just continuing to throw out movies. Any la- any other thoughts on interview? No, no. I mean, I think I brought yeah, up a I bunch of it earlier. It. I mean, it's, uh, a, it's bi- a, a big film. deal of a novel that caused quite a stir in the mid seventies when it came out. But right yeah, up. the movies it's entertaining for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, one I'll throw out that I feel like is very underrated. Uh, it has a joking term that's referred to it is uh, Dracula from nineteen seventy nine. With uh, Frank Langella, Donald Pleasance, 
and um uh oh, man his name's escaping me right now is that christopher lee no uh sir lawrence olivier i haven't seen that one it's excellent it's... the one that takes place in 79 where he's like a pimp no <laughs> That's a hammer one. There was a hammer one. Yeah, Dra- really? Dracula 19. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. No, this is the classic Dracula story retold. Oh, okay. It's it's muted color and it's acted wonderfully. It's got some very effective scenes with Langella coming down the building and the and just crawling down the building oh, with really? the frog around him. Yeah, it's very well made. Now, people jokingly refer to it as Disco Dracula because of his hair at the time <laughs> of it was, that it was made. Okay. But yeah, that's just what I want to throw out there that uh, listeners may not have watched. That okay. uh, is worth watching. It's acted very well. Uh, there's a little side joke story that uh, Olivier joked about. Uh, Pleasance drove him nuts, and they all said he drove him nuts because he stole every scene with how good of his <laughs> acting he did. And in between takes, he would go around with bags of candy. Olivier and, said Pleasance drove him nuts? Yeah, because he would he would stole all the scenes. I shot so him great. six times! Yeah, he would go around it's with candy. It's a miracle can- they even listened to him. He would go around with, yeah, no kidding. He would go around with candy to the grips and the assistants, everyone else, and offer him candies. Would you like some candies? And just everyone on set loved him. He was oh, a superstar, man, yeah. so he got all the good shots too. But yeah, no. If, if you uh, if you haven't watched that one, that's definitely yeah, I've never seen. It. I didn't I know that was that. that. Yeah. Everybody will refer to you to the Coppola one with Gary Oldman, yeah, yeah. which has got definitely its merit and worth watching it for. Uh, but the same goes for the '79 Dracula. Right it's on. kind of just been forgotten over time. Cool. Right on. Um, I just watched a newer one recently. Okay, and I'm gonna screw up the title because it's too long. Okay, I believe it's a girl walks home alone at night. Alone at night. I keep wanting to say a girl walks home alone in the dark after midnight <laughs> while drinking her juice in the hood. <laughs> in the hood. Sipping on gin. <laughs> so it's a girl. I'm interested to hear what you thought about this because I haven't seen it yet. I haven't either. A girl walks alone at night. I thought a girl walks home alone at night. That's it. A girl. Let <laughs> me screw up the title. All right. So it is. I need to go use your box. An American made Iranian film. Okay. Or an Iranian. Yeah. It's, it's, it takes, I mean, they filmed it here. All I'd ever heard was that it was Middle Eastern. Yeah. But it's, it's Persian or Iranian, whatever okay. you want to call it. The, 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 you know, the language is Arabic. Um, it's good. It's good. It's, it's beautiful. It is gorgeously shot. The setting is great because they're in Islamabad or AKA Bad City. Um, and it's just fascinating. It's there's just, a, there's a city called Islamabad. 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 <laughs> it's, it's in Iran. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm not being asked. Um, so it, uh, it takes place there. It's, it's really good. This guy, um, about a guy taking care of his junkie father. And he's like just trying to make ends meet, and then but there's this girl who's like kind of this quiet goth girl who is she's a vampire. Oh, right on. And she stalks the streets at night and she kills bad people. Right on. But she thinks she's bad. Ooh. And so like when uh, when he meets her, you know, she's like, oh, you don't want to get messed in with me because but he's he's high on ecstasy when he meets her. right on so it's a fascinating movie you know like they uh they they do some fun stuff in it and uh i don't know i liked it it's not for everybody uh but i really enjoyed the film so i know that there's probably a lot that we haven't covered yet and uh like let the let the right one in or let me in 
Uh, there's titles like that. I know that we haven't really touched on Blade and, and big pop culture, and we've made fun of Twilight and shit like that. But I have to go into what I keep referring to as the big two, because these are the two, for me, the two vampire movies that I I absolutely love. And it's Lost Boys and Near Dark. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to put them in that order tonight and maybe tomorrow to change. Um, I'm going to start with Near Dark. I love the Wild West feel of Near Dark. Near Dark vampires are my vampires. They're drenched by the sun. They get burnt every time they go out, but they're nomads. You get to see them trying to adapt to live. They're blocking out windshields to try to drive. They go into bars and kill everybody in the room for the sake of killing everybody in the room. Like, I love that movie. I know we've talked about it before, but when we're talking about vampires, Near Dark is that movie for me. What do you guys think of Near Dark? And then we'll move on to Lost Boys. Well, we, we covered it a lot in that, yeah. that MASH episode. But I just kind of, I just had to throw it out there because to me, those are the big two. Yeah. I like, love I like other vampire movies, but those are the ones I always come back to. Near Dark is in my top 20 horror films of all time. Right on. I love Near Dark. I just, I love it. I mean, it's just, it's fantastic for every reason you just mentioned. Paxton's great in that movie. Uh, yeah. And that's the only thing I can ever say that Bill Paxton is fantastic in. <laughs> He's other good. Than aliens. Hey he's, man, calm down, man. Hey man. He's good in other stuff, but Paxton is awesome in that yeah. movie. Um, oh, and Big uh, Love. Oh yeah, he's I got all them wives. Love, but he's got all them wives. Um, uh, who's our man? Am I already? Why am I? Uh, Lance Henriksen. Lance Henriksen is so good in that. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I got the I got the professor a book signed by. Good. Yeah, man. It's just so good. Right. It is so good. You're right. The Western feel, the nomadic oh, dude. feel. Oh, hey, man. Reminds us of that fire we set in Chicago. <laughs> dude, the Chicago yeah. fire. Like, I know we brought We're all that up, but that's plants. it yeah. for me, man. Vampire movies. Near Dark is it. What do you think about Near Dark? I know we talked about it before, but just to recap. Uh, I really like it. This podcast has made me really like it. I didn't know much about that movie. Oh, brother. Um, I will say this. It's not. It would be in my top ten vampire movies i don't quite love it to the degree that you guys do like okay. for me even out of the 80s i personally would take fright night over this or okay. or lost boys i love i love all three. Oh man he just shit on my movies, no no I, no i love all three <laughs> that just house. they're not quite <laughs> there for me house, they're not quite there for me in the same way because this goes back to the classic ideas of vampire movies right that when you say vampire movie to me, Lost Boy doesn't first come to mind. It does once I start talking about it and thinking about it, but it's just a different kind of vampire movie. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, no, I'm with It's you, a much man. more entertaining you. vampire movie. It's right. like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not Lost Boys in your darker way. far from Dracula. Right. And so for me, like, yeah, I would put the, both of those in my top 10 right. of vampire movies that I'm going to watch most often. I like them a lot. Right on. Totally. So, and then cool. we'll move on, but since we talk about Near Dark, um, to me, if I had to choose, because I, I thought long and hard about this, and oh, I talked about all the rules that I liked and disliked and everything, and some people may be like, you're contradicting yourself. I fucking love The Lost Boys. It's a great like, movie. It, it was there at the right time for me, man. I was a young kid when that movie came out, and it was my first real, more, I didn't see Dracula yet. I hadn't seen anything else. I didn't see, Interview wasn't out yet when I saw this. Like, Lost Boys was that yeah. movie for me. Plus, it starred both Corys, which I'm, I, I'm openly a huge fan of both the Corys. And I've met both of them, and I've met all the Lost Boys except for Kiefer. We're getting ready to go see Kiefer in concert. Yep. Um, I I keep trying to meet Jason Patrick, but you keep fucking canceling, bitch. <laughs> I, 
I'm just putting that out there, man. Like, Lost Boys is it for me, man. Like, Jamie Gert, everybody in that movie, dude. That is the one movie for me, man. Because it's got the vam- the Vampire Hunters, which I don't like. I like the Frog Brothers. Because they were comic book reading. Fucking, that's a heavy book, man. They were fucking teenage kids of the 80s that were amazing. Corey was in on this. We get to see the, the old-fashioned way of turning somebody. They... He, they fed him blood. David was an amazing fucking head vampire. Oh, man. There was just so much about that movie. They're glam 80s rock vampires. Oh, yeah. They were fucking hardcore punk vampires, and they're dude. they're dirt bikes. They had dirt bikes. They, they were named fucking games. Marco. And, oh, dude. Everything about that movie, man. I love The Lost Boys. You said the F word a lot. Well, dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I love. Edward Herman, R.I.P. Yes, Herman. Oh, and Brooke McCarter. I don't know why it couldn't have been Billy Worth. Step to me again. That's a story for another podcast. Um, I love Lost Boys. It's great. I would love if we did that as a mash sometime. Oh, I love Lost Boys, man. In depth. You know, we can't give it the justice here that it deserves, but it's great. Everything you just said, I I really can't say much more about it than you just said because it's perfect. And it was like, it came out at that perfect time where we were, you know, kids. Yeah. And we, we, we felt like. You know, we could sympathize with that the the uh, Haim character, Corey yeah. Haim. You know, what I mean, we weren't tough like the Feldman character. We were like the Haim character. Like, I'm always looking for a Batman two fourteen, right? <laughs> I'm with my brother, and the Hounds of Hell, and all that. Oh, stuff. everything, yeah, man. man. And the it's, sweet mother who like doesn't understand what's going on. Yeah, it's a great movie. Man. I always said Santa Carla would be great if it wasn't for the fucking vampire. <laughs> like everything <laughs> about that movie, son. Oh, the grandpa, Your grandpa, dude. What else do I know him from? Okay, we talked about this. The only thing I think you would oh, know we him were from trying to figure this out is Doc night. Hollywood. That's got to be it. Yeah, because I love. I mean, it, yeah, granted, if you're not a big Michael J. Fox fan, Doc Hollywood's Doc Hollywood. not your shit. But I like. I don't that remember movie. who played yeah. the grandpa. That's oh, it. he's the guy from Doc Hollywood, <laughs> <laughs> which you clearly remember. No, I've never seen Doc Hollywood. Oh, uh, <laughs> all right, any you want to say anything about Lost Boys that we haven't said? No, oh, a lot of fun. Yeah. Love it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll for, go into it on a different episode. Yeah, man. Like I'm just to me, I always refer to those as my big two, and I know me and uh, Grizz were talking about that a couple nights ago, and that's why I kept referring to it as the big two. There's other movies out there, man, and I know we didn't cover everything. One of my favorite things, oh my goodness, one of my favorite things is uh, uh, Shadow the Vampire. I've I, never seen that. I, I love that movie so much. I bought it as soon as it came out. I sold my copy years ago. And now, I, yeah, I want it back yeah, so bad. Forever. Is he I playing love... Max Shrek? Is no, he, he plays the director. Yeah, he plays the the director of the original movie. Murdo. Yeah. Oh, F. the F. new Murdo. plays the vampire. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie since. I thought Shadow of the Vampire. Here, I'll Malkovich tell you real quick. No, Malkovich is the director because yeah. he comes to the guy and he's like, he's like, oh, you killed everybody except the the sound guy, and he's like, I'll eat him next. It's a fucking brilliant nice. movie, dude. Nice. Like that's the only other one that I would give an honorable mention to, but it's been so many years since I've seen it. Yeah. Um, I want to throw out. Uh, I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> The best vampire movie in the last three years. Defoe. That's such a specific sentence, and I love it. Defoe. No, I'm going to say in the best. Oh, Willem Defoe. Yes, plays Defoe played Shrek. Gotcha. All right. No, and then no, Udo no. Kier was in it. I'm going to go bigger. Best Kier vampire movie in the last five years. What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We forgot to talk about this. House meeting. 
We need to have a house. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it, guys, it was. Guys, we're we're werewolves. That's, That's werewolves. werewolves. <laughs> guys, this movie is a new masterpiece. Dude, I just got to go back. I loved my description when you first mentioned it to me. I was I like, texted the other listeners. I texted these guys and I said, "You have to, you have to." And now I also want to give this to a credit to my friends and listeners out there. People begged me to watch this movie. And I watched it, and then I in turn begged these two to watch it. I said, you have to tonight or tomorrow. And I did. Go get what we do in the shadows. And to their credit, they did. They did. I did. We we went immediately out. But Professor answers me with this. (laughs) Is that that hipster vampire comedy? (laughs) It is, but it was great. Guys, I just I can't say enough good things about. This <laughs> I was surprised movie. at how well made it was. It's one thing uh, to be to be uh, so funny on the subject matter, but like there's, I mean, they put effort into it. It's a good looking movie. It's, it was so awesome. What was that boy's name that lived in the basement? Looked like Matt Oh, what was his name? I, Peter. Peter. Peter gets killed <laughs> by Peter. the vampire killer, and it breaks my heart. Peter is my favorite. He has to take him a chicken to go talk to him, <laughs> and then it's like he's like. Is Peter coming to the house meeting or the flat meeting? Yeah. And he goes, mm, Peter is 3,000 years old. I don't know if he's coming to the meeting. He doesn't have to. 5,000. Peter I, is 5,000 years old. I love Jerome in that movie. <laughs> Jerome's outfits. Yes. What's he turned into? He turns into a bat. What's he turned into? Uh, like a dog. Doesn't yeah, yeah. He turns like into a, a wolf. Or and his, 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 his ex-girlfriend is the beast. The Beast is going to be the guest of honor at the next ball. <laughs> Guys, it's brilliant. It, it really was, dude. Brilliant. And apparently we're getting a sequel from it. Oh, no way. Yeah, apparently we're getting a sequel. I don't know much on it. I just happen to, I happen to read sequel. I, when you make something that has that draws that much oh, attention. Oh, yeah. No, I, I don't doubt that it could be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, I mean, we'll, that begs the difference. But I just remember we sat there the whole time. I was looking at the wife and... The werewolf pack just had me in the floor, man. <laughs> Something smells like wet dog. Duh. What'd you say? What'd you say? <laughs> say it. Don't spray it. <laughs> the whole time they're in the house together, man. I love that, dude. When they would like, get in an argument and then they just start floating and hissing at each yeah. other. <laughs> <laughs> they break their... <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are you eating there? You like your worms? <laughs> He's like, we stole that from Lost Boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, what else? What last ones we got to throw out here? That's it. I threw out mine, my favorites. I, uh, Professor, any last ones you want to throw out? Well, I feel like we I should made, at least I take a minute. Watch. I just, I don't know. I'd like to hear what you guys feel about just Lugosi and Lee's portrayals oh, of yeah. Dracula. Yeah, I feel like we we at least need to mention that. Um, I, I'll be real. Can I just go first? Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen the 31, pardon me, Dracula. Um, I liked it. I like uh, I like parts of it. I mean, overall, as I get older, I've watched it a few more times. I respect what it was. Christopher Lee, honestly, I haven't watched a lot of Hammer films, man. I've like, never and seen I don't know it's anything. Daunting. I don't know anything about his real portrayal of him. And like my first real. Dip, and I'm being honest, my first real dip in with Christopher Lee came with Lord of the Rings, man, well, and then Star Wars and You've shit. got a lot like, of fun ahead then. You'll so, enjoy a lot of it. Yeah, because, I mean, I... I, I you did it all. So, yeah, I can, I can tell you that I liked the 31, and we watched that, and then I liked that other 
Oh, what was the other event? No, no, that was White Zombie. I'm sorry, but I mean, I I like those movies. I thought I thought they were neat. Um, it was amazing to see what they did back then, how they told stories and how they lit up faces, and you know how they how they got through their storytelling. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry, I haven't seen a lot of Hammer. As okay. a matter of fact, I can probably say I've only seen one Hammer, two Hammer films. Gotcha. Which is horrible because I really like Peter Cushing. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen any of his shit, so. I love Peter Cushing and Star Wars A New Hope. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to put you guys on the spot. No, 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 Lugosi is 31, Dracula is, uh, I mean, just a mile. The, the opening 15 minutes especially. Here, let, let me just clear the air on this. And for viewers who maybe are interested and haven't watched it yet, Dracula is boring. Yeah. Let yeah, me just no, say that. It, it really is. You have to be interested in it. Now, with the, the original Dracula, and that some of this applied to White Zombie as well, Todd Browning was a silent director who directed mm-hmm. this. And most of the people he is bringing in made these films with him. He did not know how to work a sound film very well yet. So the film is littered and plagued by just long segments of just no hissing silence. Right. Um, and, and budget restraints. It's, it's bad, a, bad sound when there is sound. Right. And yeah. so it's worth it to watch it for the sets at the opening. Yes. And that's Beautiful what everybody sets. knows. Listen to them. Children of the night. And Dwight Fry's performance as Renfield to me is unmatched by any of the better movies that would be made by anyone he's the best so i mean there's certainly merits to watch in it and it is the seminal performance that kind of laid the groundwork for what we came to know as dracula right on um which which makes it worth watching but it is painful at times in particular there is a scene where they see the wolf going across the back lawn right which we assume is dracula but they say look there's a wolf and you just watch them point you don't see the wolf. Right, I mean, right. it is. And like, I make apologies for a lot of older films and, and why they couldn't do certain things. That was inexcusable. Right. Like, right. They could have got a wolf. Something. Right. Um, and so, but yeah, no, I just wanted to at least mention the Lugosi performance, something on the flip of that. If you're interested, if you buy the set, uh, really of any kind with Dracula, even if it's just an individual DVD, it will come with a Spanish version. Yeah. Watch that. I've heard that. Um, it was filmed at night. By Spanish actors. On the same set. And so when they would get done filming during the day with Dracula, in would come the Spanish crew and because they were trying to market bigger. And so they were trying to make Spanish versions of, of the films they were going to get into now that they got into sound. Instead of just subtitling. Right. And so it's a better film. Yeah. The Spanish Dracula is a better film. Oh, wow. Um, so it's an interesting uh, offering that you can get with just about any Dracula set, like the new Legacy Collection they released right. of each. If you buy the Dracula set, it'll be on there. That's worth a watch. Like, watch them back to back. It's interesting. Um, with the Lee films, there are a lot of them. So, right off the bat, that's daunting. But he was great as it. He's very magnetic with his performance. Um, and, obviously, we all know Christopher Lee knew how to play horror in general. So, he right. made the character very colorful at times and, and sinister. Um, but, yeah, I just I wanted to at least mention those oh, two. Oh, definitely. Without running through yeah. every single performance. Totally. I mean, Lugosi even totally. revisited Dracula in different forms later. Right. But he's Listen, the classic face to his it. His best Dracula is 
Evan Costello meet Frankenstein. Yes, yes. <laughs> a little extra makeup on that, Dracula. A little more. Getting yeah. into the, getting close to the rough. Years. I really liked him in Ed Wood. <laughs> Martin Landau. <laughs> uh, one last movie that I want to throw out. Jesus, I mean, what last movies do we have? Oh, we're guys? doing a three hour show, yeah, buddy. Strap in. Um, I already blew my nut. I'm going off. Dude, I got like nut. 30. I got 30. I won't even cover here. <laughs> I revisited one. It's a. We're, this, we're talking about Charles Band, Full Moon Production. How many did you? I just watched the first okay. subspecies. Oh, yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which I actually hear that part two is way better. It is. But I only watched the first one. And I want to tell you this. The setting is gorgeous because mm. they're like on set in, I don't know, they might they might not be so in Romania. Romania. Yeah, I can't remember. They, I think they really are in Romania. The sets are gorgeous. The story leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. But... The vampire leaves way more to be desired. <laughs> he has like giant 10 inch fingers. No other vampires did. Like they go through history and like his dad is played by um, uh, uh, Phantasm. Tall uh, man? Angus Scrim. Angus Scrim, yeah. And so his dad is played by Angus Scrim and he doesn't good have. reference. Yeah, he's on your shirt. He, he doesn't have 10 inch fingers. You got King Kong on your shirt. <laughs> I do. And then, uh, and then later, there's like another vampire in the movie, and he doesn't have ten inch fingers. But the main vampire has these ten inch fingers, and I thought that maybe when he got some blood, he would look like younger, and like his weird features would go away. Right, right. No, he walks around this whole movie with these weird ten inch fingers, and it's, rid- That's, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. It's a long finger species, it's, subspecies. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I love that there's a bloodstone, which is what part two is called. Bloodstone subspecies part two. Written it's like, by written by uh, Ted Nicolau, the guy that directed the first one. Yeah, great. Actually, Ted Ted wrote the the remaining three sequels. Wow, and directed all four of them. Man, I just I didn't know. I'm, I'm pointing that name out because it's going to come back. In, it's going to come back into play later. Uh, so uh, he has the bloodstone. Um, which is made by the blood of all the saints. Like it's like this everlasting blood thing, which is cool. But my favorite part of the movie is uh, this is a new piece of vampire lore. To fight the vampires, they break up rosaries beads, put them in shotgun shells, and shoot them at the vampires. Oh, that's dope. That's good lore. That's that's it? it, dude. Like instead of buckshot, you're shooting. Blessed rosary beads? Yeah. Why, oh man, why had nobody done that since? That's, that makes the most it. sense. I brought up I brought up this movie just for Dumb Fingers and Rosary Beach Shotgun Shells. Those are the original working titles of Dumb Fingers. Dumb fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that does it for another episode of the And that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and just real fast saying the Blade movies are dope. Watch them. <laughs> one through I'd say one and two, three's okay. But one and two are dope. The Nick, get out of here. No, this is good. Hey, man, you're gonna break our copyright, man. We can't do this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you say the Blade movies? Yeah. I, you know, I've never seen one. What? Get that from. Get away. Get. <laughs> I've never seen one. You've never seen a Blade movie? Nope. I remember going in to clean the theater after one of them would play, and it was mm-hmm. techno music, and I was just like, oh yeah, I don't want to see this. Oh man. I like, just never knew anything about it. I just really. remember watching Blade, and then out of nowhere. Covered in blood, up pops Tracy Lords, and I was like, "What? Like this is the oh, coolest is she shit in ever?" One of them? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I just remember that was the coolest shit ever. Plus, I was really on board with Wesley Snipes, and as for Marvel, I I didn't know through the first movie that he was a he was a comic book character. So I mean, I really did. I didn't read those kind of comics, and I, you know, I 
caps. People I keep bringing capped. up. People keep bringing up. They're like, "Hey, man, yeah, thanks for Deadpool, the first rated R comic movie ever." Yeah. And I'm like, "Blade Two, bitch." Well, yeah. Anyway, I mean, there's there's been other <laughs> ones too, but I mean, I didn't know he was a comic book character. Um, a lot of techno, a lot of I mean, Stephen Dorff gives an absolutely amazing performance. He's a awesome bad guy and really so stretches it really stretches it out in that first in that movie and shows you I'm so much more than a teeny bopper, whatever you perceive me to be, you know, like Steven Dorff. Cool. Steven Dorff is in the first one. And he's kills great. it. Norman Reedus and Chris Christopherson are in the second one. Mm-hmm. So, kills it. Reedus kills it. Yeah. And passenger. And then, uh, in, obviously. And then, yeah. uh, Deadpool and actually Electra. his, who's is it? Jennifer. No, it's his wife. Isn't it? Jennifer bills. No, uh, Justin Timberlake's wife, Jennifer bills and Nor and Ryan Reynolds are in the third one. You mean Jessica bill, Jessica bill and Ryan Reynolds are in the third one. Yeah. Like so the third one's okay, but one and two are. Oh, Reynolds, Reynolds, that's one time you really get the first time you really get to see him be a badass and all cut up and stuff though. Wow! Well, if so, you, if you're a fan uh, of Ryan Reynolds and you guys want to see him like half ass naked and yeah, looking man. good, you need to watch Blade Three. Yeah, on repeat. Cool. All right. Any last things to say before we wrap up? Vampires. Um, we don't have to go into. Uh, <laughs> we don't have to go into it, but I just want to mention female vampires. Uh, some notable performances like Vampire Lovers, Lesbian Vampires, where she's going after women. Oh. Uh, it's kind of a fourteen-year-old's dream movie from oh, the late brother. early '70s. That is on my to-watch list. It's, I have a to-watch list, and that's on. It's it. a fun one. Uh, Countess Dracula, Once Bitten with Jim Carrey. Oh, that dude, a love fun one. Once Bitten. I remember man. that piquing my very young adolescent interest with that's her. That's the first that. time I saw Jim Carrey uh, do the leg guitar, man. He's like, but yeah, just uh, you know, some good performances there. I wanted to mention, but yeah, yeah. other than that, I think we've covered a good amount. Oh, the Nicholas Cage's performance in Vampire's Kiss. Like yeah, he really br- he really that. brings it in that man. Like if you guys want to just check something out for the for S and Gs or just to kick it, like watch Vampires Kiss. Man, Cage actually eats a live cockroach in that movie. Man, for the movie, like there's no bullshit there. He grabs a cockroach and eats it for artistic integrity. Like it, it was actually really good. Man, I enjoyed that too. Right on. I keep trying to play uh, sympathy for the devil, and they won't let me because they think somebody's gonna sue. We're going to get sued. We're on iTunes now. We major. <laughs> so, shutting it down for the vampire episode of the Midwest Monster <laughs> Podcast. I am one of your hosts. I am not a vampire. Vampire. Ha, ha, ha. Grizzly Hadner. And I'm joined by... If you guys haven't seen The Count on Sesame Street, watch his Count video. And watch the Count Bleep video. It's Mad Professor Wagstaff. Oh, dude, I love vampires. I was lying. Uh, Oh, dude, that's the best. I can't. (laughs) Hey, reminding you once again, listeners, please stay scary. This episode sucked.